Welcome to another, another, another edition of At The Buzzer. Uh, Post-win edition once more. Post-bi-week edition. This is Jack Barsh, your co-host. Um, over there, refreshed after a long week off, is my the other co-host of this podcast, Sam Matibier. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing well. And then we also are bringing in a guest, uh, Shaq Richardson, who um, he's cousins with Paul Richardson immediately. Mm-hmm. He played cornerback at Arizona, and then he was in the NFL for a bit. And so yeah. he's going to come in. So uh, as much as you might not like either of us, he is absolutely worth listening to. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he'll be around, like, I think the 15, 20-minute mark if we're on time. Yep, that'll be later on in this podcast. Um, how was your bye week, Sam? How was your 13 days off? Um, well, I pretty much have to steer the ship that nobody else uh, <laughs> You're the captain by default. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been running out of uh, ideas for stories and I've hit a wall. So hopefully, hopefully we'll have some content going on. This <laughs> is content. This is content. Yes. Uh, um, well, you can always go back to your trident too well, true well of uh, NBA players because training camp started up. Oh, yeah. I'm that. I actually, I think I wrote a buff in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Chauncey Billups signed to be the Clippers' new broadcaster. See, there you go. I knew it wouldn't take you long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, thanks for asking, Sam, how my bye week was. <laughs> well, it was pretty good. I, uh, I missed Buffs football on Saturday, but I didn't miss the, the stress that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, watched some games, watched some games I had a vested interest in. Uh, and everything went out pretty well. I don't know. It was, it was an okay Saturday. It was. It, I wish it was a more interesting slate when there was no CU game to chain myself to my TV to watch. Yeah, that, I was disappointed with how boring all the games were. But it was fun to watch Ohio State absolutely destroy. Oh, man, that was great. Yeah. Man, that was great. I, I don't know if there's much more I could have asked for than a just a 48-0, really a, a mercy, or 48, what, 7? Yeah. Uh, a mercy 48 points they could have they could have gotten up to 100 if they really tried mm-hmm. that was amazing um <laughs> well we also saw arizona state knock off cal and yes that's not necessarily fair to cal because their quarterback got injured and they have absolutely no offense so no offense boy devin monster could not throw a ball if he tried and yeah. he did try um yeah, Arizona State made our win look a little better. Um, they, it looks like they're trending in the right direction. They got back into the top 25. That's the, that's the annoying part to me is, like, I get that, but, man, we beat them. And uh, where are we? <laughs> Michigan State got back into the top 25 after losing to Arizona State and then beating, like, Purdue or whatever. That is still – well, because Arizona State is now in the top 25. That's a quality loss. Ergo, oh. Michigan State's in the top 25. God, I hate the top 25. This has been my year <laughs> of just, like, I am so done with this. I don't know well, why I care about this. This year especially is just – it's in such sharp contrast how there's, like, five really good teams – and then every other team is just oh. fighting for scraps. Even then, there's like 15 or 20 teams that are like pretty solid. And then after that, there's a massive drop off. There's usually like a pretty solid uh, class. I don't know if I agree with you. If you go to the top 25, you'll That's see. That's where I'm at right now. You'll see like UCF 17, Utah 18, or vice versa, whatever. That's like, those are solid. No, I, I do think they're solid teams. I also think on any given Saturday, UCF, say, could lose to Pitt. 
who I would say is not a necessarily Pitt, solid. It does not count. Pitt is Pitt, and they do this to anybody. They okay. Beat the oh wow. Pitt Pitt exists Clemson. outside the society of college football. They do. This is why everyone loves them. They are the agent of chaos. I don't know. I they, it, they SMU was in the top twenty-five despite playing almost nobody. Well, they were. I mean, they're in the bottom top of the top twenty-five, is what I'm saying. Right. And what I'm saying is the bottom of the top twenty-five and the and the the top of the next tier are this the same to me. Mm, okay. So I'm saying that one through five is good, is great, amazing, and then like six to twenty or so is like it's solid. Like, it's I, like yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I think okay. I That's think maybe I think maybe Florida you have a case. You have a case of saying Oklahoma and like Auburn, Wisconsin, like that group, maybe at the end of the top 10, that's a separate tier. Yeah. But you're going to have a hard time convincing me that like Boise State or UCF is that much better than like an App State or a uh, Baylor, you know? I just I think, don't. I think App- Appalachian State is being underrated, but re- whatever. Okay, I'm done with this. Let's move on. Let's talk to the important stuff. Uh, see you one two weeks ago. Yes. In, in a historic lot. victory in more ways than one. Let's count them off, Sam. Number one, first ra- road, rank, ugh, road ranked win in the last 30 tries. Since 2002. Since 2002, the longest streak in the country, snapped by Mel Tucker and a very uh, resilient group on the road. Number two, first win in Tempe ever for Colorado Buffaloes. They won a bowl game there. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, 1994. That's correct. Cordell Stewart ran wild on um, Lou Holtz's tail end. And boy, did Notre Dame suck that year. God, yeah. were they overrated. <laughs> um, okay. And finally, third, first win uh, with a Colorado coach wearing shorts. Oh, has did Bill McCartney not wear shorts? Uh, I don't, I, in fact, I don't think any CU – I was told through the internet that wearing shorts as a coach is, is un, was uncouth. Um, but Mel Tucker plays by his own rules. Yeah, well, Mel Tucker can do whatever he wants. He can wear hot sauce socks, and I don't care. <laughs> In fact, I hope he does wear hot sauce socks uh, with shorts so you can see him. I'll wear mine on Saturday in match. Um, let's see. I mean, let's, let's get into the actual game. Like I said, historic win. Really, really – that was – the linchpin of the season, I think. Um, if you lose that, you're looking at two and two with not a lot of free wins left. In fact, I would say maybe one free win left. Are we talking Stanford as the free win or UCLA? Yes. Yeah, I'm taking Stanford as a free win. Okay. Um, Stanford's awful. Holy hell. Without KJ okay. Costello, yeah, they've got to yeah. shut it down. Um, you look at look maybe looking at two and two with one one win remaining that I see on the schedule. Um, but win that game with the injuries, with the adversity, on the road against a solid team, and suddenly I think your whole schedule opens up. Because now, outside of maybe Oregon um, and Utah, there, there's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of scary teams. Because we just played uh, a similarly competent team on the road without our two best players for 90% of the game and won. Yeah, the rest of the schedule, I think we have at at Oregon. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'm going to miss something. At Oregon, which should be a loss. At Washington State, they're collapsing. Yep. Um, I'm still – I think I still think we'll lose, but – Yep, they're, they're, I agree. Um, then there's USC at home. Yep. 
<clears throat> which we have no idea because USC is completely unpredictable. And I believe um, there's a bye after that game. Let me check. Um, no, there's a bye between before Washington. Gotcha. Um, after USC, I think, is like Stanford and UCLA. Uh, I think it's USC at UCLA is the first week of November. So I think it's at UCLA and then Stanford. Okay. Let's find out. And then after that, there's a bye week, and then there's Washington, and then there's at Utah. And yep. honestly, even like Washington looks more winnable than it has mm-hmm. in the past. And I don't want to say anything, but like the bye week between that game can really help. Well, to me, this is what Mel Tucker's talking about with, with attitude of the team. And frankly, I, I think attitude of the fan base is because we've seen what the team can do. Like, uh, there's no, there's no enemy or no enemy, no opponent left that I, I think can give CU enough adversity where I feel hopeless. Maybe it's Oregon, or maybe it's at Utah, um, but I think I, uh, I think Utah will really depend on their health because they they have two injury prone stars. But it's obviously way too early to tell for that. I I'm more hopeless about Oregon because we have a short week next week. Well, wait, do we have a short? Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a Friday game on the road. Yeah, that, yeah, so that game is giving everything possible to be a loss. Yeah. Um, We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Let's go back to the Arizona State game. Yes. Because um, I want to talk more about this game because it's amazing. Let's do it briefly. Um, number one, here's my first question for you. Is Steven Montez the best quarterback in the Pac-12 <laughs> or the best quarterback in the country? No, what what are you talking about? <laughs> Did you watch him against Arizona State? Um, yes, I also watched him against Arizona or against Air Force. Right, but we're not uh, talking about Air Force. Oh, we're this talking is a week about... by week. We're Stephen Montez is a week by week ranking quarterback. Oh, okay. You at he, yeah, he is wildly volatile um, in terms of quality, but man, when he is on, he is just lethal. Yeah, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Tony Brown was. I mean, I love Tony Brown. So oh, yes. what about that third touchdown? Everyone's, I mean, as you should, everyone's talking about the second touchdown with the, the diving catch in the end zone, arms oh. outstretched. Great catch. But what about the third touchdown with blanket coverage, just a little push off, and then just lets the ball come right into his back shoulder? Perfect catch. And I, that's the one I was like, wow, this guy. And that's, that, is a, that is a tool in the tool belt that not a lot of college receivers have. Yeah, like, I don't know. He just has such professionalism, and he's been with Shiv for his entire career at Texas Tech before they both came to see you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just clearly put in a ton of work, and he's trying – he's been wanting to prove himself for so long, so I'm just really happy that he has. Well, um, I actually just said this um, when I was talking to the Arizona writer for Q&A this week, but um, I think – he asked how, how Tony Brown is stepping into LaVisca Chenault's void. How is he replacing LaVisca Chenault? And oh, I, I, said, I, I said, I don't know if he is replaced. I don't think you can replace LaVisca Chenault. I think what's happening is he's just being Tony Brown with more snaps. Like, this is what he could have done last year, but obviously LaVisca was on the field. You're not going to take him off. KD is on the field. You're not going to take him off. And this is what he did this year um, when LaVisca was, was getting saved, I guess, it's, this is just what this is just what Tony Brown is. I don't think it's it's Tony Brown stepping up to fill to. I felt like it was kind of disingenuous to say like, yeah, he's stepping up to be Lavisca Chenault. I I felt like being Tony Brown is more than enough, and this is just what happens when you 
are Tony Brown with more snaps. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything. And with Montez very clearly comfortable throwing to him, um, this would be huge, especially if Chenault misses any more time than he has. Yep. And he probably will miss the Arizona game. I would prepare for it mentally and emotionally for season. Exactly. Um, exactly. And is that our segue? Um, I don't think – I think I have uh, one more thing I want to say. Okay, okay, fine. We um, haven't got invited Shaq yet, so we should probably do that. And Steven Montez was kept completely clean that entire game. Oh, yes. Best performance by the offensive line in a long, long time. That was beautiful. Running backs were getting consistent yards. Quarterback was never touched. That's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And everyone stayed healthy and good and productive, and I'm happy about that. And it was a brutal game, and we lost a lot of defensive players. But we're probably yep. going to see Chris Miller and Mustafa Johnson out again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, Mikhail Onu should be fine. Mikhail Onu came back, and Delrick Abrams came back in the game, which is big. Yeah, they should both be good. Um, obviously, I mean, they're still questionable, but they should be fine. Um, but, yeah, the offensive line has been fantastic. I'm ready to put up Will Sherman as the next great CU offensive lineman. I know yep. you are. <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it's going to be – it's getting to the point where I feel like we have to talk to about him leaving for the NFL after his – I think this is his third year. I think this is his redshirt sophomore year. Um, I don't think we're ready. No, no. He was a true freshman last year. Yeah. Yeah. So – I think I think, yeah, we'll enjoy him the next two years. Next two years, I don't know. I think this season and next season for sure because he oh, yeah, is a man. That's what I meant. He is a man. And well, the other and uh, Arlington Hambright is just so solid every single snap. Uh, snap. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been, he's been amazing this, at left tackle. We said this two weeks ago. How many times have we even said anything about him? Which, I, like, you know, we haven't ever said how did he miss a block. We have never said um, why. How why was Steven Montez just racked that play? It was like always, always on. He's never the reason a play fails, which is such a huge thing to have as an offensive lineman. Yeah. How do you – so we just saw them do that against a really stout defense. Um, <clears throat> how, do you, how do you see this as like against like a porous – you called a paper mache defense. <laughs> which I got in a little bit of hot water for um, because they held a – uh, Texas Tech team that is stuck in an offensive morass. They held uh, that that team to 14 points. And they held a UCLA team who outside of a 67-point explosion in Pullman has been a, nothing short of disgusting on offense. That was a weird game for UCLA that I won't – I'm not even going to talk about UCLA with that game because that was such an aberration. UCLA is a terrible, terrible, terrible team. Honestly, I just <laughs> think uh, – I just think that that says more about uh, Washington State's defense than it does UCLA's offense. Okay. I, Washington State had five turnovers. So, anyways, Arizona State's defense uh, – Arizona's defense – here's a segue um, – has been bad for two weeks, good for two weeks, um, but good against bad offenses, which doesn't mean much when you're going against CU. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I mean, also holding those teams down to 17 or 14 points isn't really saying much. Right. Not that well, you can really speak on that for allowing 31 to CSU, but nonetheless. Well, I would say that we're not 
I would say that CU fans aren't um, advocating for CU's defense to be ranked higher than it is necessarily. I think they're clutch. I don't think they're good. CU fans will probably be like, oh, no, we're good. We're, we're 10th best defense in the conference. We're fine. So close. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is a good time to transition fully into the Arizona game, which is another huge game for CU's bowl eligibility hopes. They, they absolutely need to win this. They absolutely need to win this. And um, we have some thoughts on this. We have some uh, nice insight. But more than us, we have someone who knows much more than either of us ever could about football um, joining us, who will tell us a lot more about the Arizona Wildcats. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back to At The Buzzer. Uh, this is Jack Barr still and Sam still over there. Um, and we are joined by a very special guest today. Um, we have former Arizona defensive back, former NFL defensive back, Shaq Richardson on the line. How you doing, Shaq? How you guys doing? Thank you for having me on. Happy to be on with you guys. Yeah, we're glad you can make the time, man. Um. So he obviously knows a lot about um, Arizona football and football in general. So we figured that yeah. since we don't, yeah. <laughs> we get to have him on. So I guess first off, uh, I don't know how how much you followed Arizona so far this year, but have you, have you watched any games so far of Arizona or CU? Uh, yeah, I've actually watched all of Arizona's games. Uh, oh, nice. Of course, uh, yeah, I played for them. So and I, I, know, I know a few people on the coaching staff and on the team. So, um, of course, I follow along, you know. <laughs> seen all these win- seen all these wins pile up, but uh, I've seen uh, I-, I heard about Colorado's game uh, last week or the week before last with Arizona State as well. Are you yeah. are you confident in Arizona or are you confident that the Wildcats will win? <laughs> well, that's a very direct question, but uh, yes, I will be confident in Arizona Wildcats winning. Um, they have to do a lot of things right, of course. You know, play uh, the right kind of football, and. Um, do their fundamentals uh, the right way, of course, to be a talented team like Colorado, which has uh, been pretty good this year, actually. Yeah, uh, I think the one thing that everyone in this call at least can agree on is that beating Arizona State feels good. Um, and beating <laughs> Arizona State in Tempe feels good. So, um, I, I mean, CU was really good uh, on point that game in the passing game. Um, and I guess – it's, we have yet to see if that can continue throughout the year, but uh, I know Arizona has a lot of tal- talented defensive backs back there. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Arizona has a mindset when you play a team that's, you know, coming off a win, you appreciate that, uh, you know, that confidence that the other team has, so you prepare mm-hmm. for it um, as such. So we're, Arizona, I'm pretty sure, knows that, you know, Colorado's coming off a big win. They have good receivers, good quarterback, good offense, a good team all together. Mm-hmm. So if they uh, if Arizona prepares, you know, correctly and um, does what they need to do as far as the defense, as far as offense, um, you know, uh, actually uh, on offense, what do you think? I know we're playing both sides of the sword. We got Tay, we got Gunnell. You guys probably don't know what's going on on defense over there, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually just read a, I read a story today 
about how the scout team quarterback at CU had to um, mm-hmm. had change to try things to, up. Yeah, yeah. He had to try to be a pocket passer and a complete burner um, back there, which is hard to do, especially if you're on a scout team and with yeah. one week's notice. So um, the compl- the contrasting styles between Khalil Tate and Grant Gunnell, I think, are hard to prepare yeah. for. Yeah, very contrasting. I think they're – I wouldn't say they're complete opposites, but they're both talented in their own way. So – uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think Tate is healthy. I'm not sure who's going to be uh, starting this week, but I know uh, I know uh, our head coach is going to get get things ready for you guys. <laughs> Colorado is a good team, but uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big game for both of us. Oh yeah. How would you okay. like personally, if you could like design your defense? How would you stop Tate? How to stop Tate? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, Tate. Uh, well, Tate can only stop himself. <laughs> no, that, that, all right. That, that was a little joke, but um, I don't know. You have to um commit to the run and play man-to-man defense. Honestly, if you want to stop a running quarterback, because you need everyone accounted for mm-hmm. in the run fit. But uh, you know, you can stop. You can try to stop Tate, but then you'll be. You know, there's there's pros and cons to every coverage that you try to do to stop a certain player. Um, you just have to ask one part of the defense to step up more so than the other side. Like, um, let's say if you if you commit to the run and stop Tate, um, you may have receivers on the outside that are now in one-on-one coverage that um, mm-hmm. you know might be a favorable matchup for us. I really don't know what's going to happen with the offense. I think both both players are healthy, so it'd be a good um it'd be a good surprise when we see uh, who comes out the first series. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, one thing that I always impre- was impressed with with Tate is. It's not that he just he just runs for the first down. It's that he also is really good at scrambling and keeping the play alive. And he has that rocket arm. So he can, it, it's hard because you can account for him in the run game. But even when he runs to extend the passing play, that's when it gets tough because you got to cover those receivers for you know five seconds, eight seconds, and then by the by that point, um, someone's going to be open. Yeah, he's a he's a tough weapon to prepare. Even if you prepare, it's uh it's the play after the play. That, uh, right. that scrambling quarterbacks win at, like Aaron Rodgers and other quarterbacks like that. You know, it might be a design play, but then there's an undesigned play after a rollout or yep. after um, an athletic quarterback gets out of the pocket and you play scramble ball. But um, I, I feel like as far as an, as a deep breach perspective, if that happens, you know, you just got to make sure you have good eyes and focus on your focus on your, um, on your receiver when that happens. But, uh, you know, I don't want to give any secrets away from Arizona because <laughs> if your eyes is on the receiver, then Tate's going to run for 75 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> and we've seen him do that in Boulder. Receivers. <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen him run 75 in yards in Boulder. Uh, we still have nightmares over 2017. So, yeah, we, we saw uh, Khalil Tate run for 327 yards against CU 2017. And then he threw for five touchdowns against CU last year. So uh, we're hoping that Grant Bell <laughs> – Plays. <laughs> see, uh, that would be very intimidating, you know, to see uh, Tate run on the field. As far as if I was Colorado's team, so uh I don't. Is it the same coaching staff as last no, year? No, Sorry, no, no. They, they, uh, they fired Mike McIntyre, and then they brought in Mel Tucker, who was the defensive coordinator at Georgia last year. Okay, so I'm pretty sure he played this game, you know, either over and over, or reminded the team of what happened last time. So. Oh yeah, um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Colorado will be prepared to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. But like I said, if you spend a lot of time preparing for um, Tate, you just never know. You know what what uh, Coach Sumlin has up his sleeve. So right. Uh, 
you know, you, you try to prepare for as much as you can, but um, I'm confident that Arizona will be prepared as well. Okay. I, I, I've uh, been guessing that this will be a high scoring game. I'm pretty sure most people would like think that it'll be high scoring, but moving on to the CU side, uh, I want to ask you about like how you would defend CU's receivers because they're so deep and versatile. Um, like we have like LaVisca Chenault who probably won't play, but he's just an absurd athlete. And then yeah. there's KD Nixon, who's like five foot six, maybe <laughs> fast and strong that he can be anywhere. And then Tony Brown is just like a big technical receiver who just finds a way to get open. How, how would you guard each of those? Like, I don't know. Well, um, uh, each of those, you know, you don't really each of those when um, you play against a team. <laughs> but uh, well, I would like to think you think of it. If you ex- <laughs> no, if you execute um, your defense in the right way, it doesn't matter who you line up against. Right. So Arizona just has to focus on focus on their preparation this week, knowing their coverages, knowing their leverages, knowing um, what the defense is. If they stay true to their game, they'll just repeat what's been going on the past few weeks, which is turnovers, interceptions. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, big plays. Um, also, if they – you guys, I, I feel like um, missing your best receiver might might hurt you guys this week because, like, like you said, we have some talented DBs and um, mm-hmm. some talented players on defense all together. Mm-hmm. So, like, to win a game like this, you, you may need your star players to come out and have a big game. You know, you might right. need your receiver to go for 200 or 180 and two touchdowns, two or three touchdowns to, to beat a team that, that uh, is resilient like Arizona is. And um, we'll fight to the end and take the ball back and score touchdowns, you know, through the air, through the, through the ground. We have a talented, we have a talented <clears throat> team as well. So uh, we might have all our, our players on deck. So um, that, that might be what it takes to beat um, Arizona team this year at least. Yeah. One of, the, one of the commonalities, I think, in between the CU def, def defense and the Arizona defense is the emphasis on turnovers um, and, I guess, playing playing for the strip or the pick rather than just the, I guess, keeping everything in front of you. Um, I think Mel Tucker and, uh, like, Marcel Yates uh, are, are similar in that mindset of just trying to, to, to make a play rather than preventing a play. Um, mm-hmm. I guess as a player, as a defensive back, what – what does that mindset change in the way that you play? Like going for the pick rather than trying to prevent them from doing something. Uh, well, for me, honestly, um, I have a, a definitely a clear answer. Um, I would say seeing it like being done or seeing yourself do it, you know, you know yeah. how you visualize plays before they happen. Yep. Like if you actually see yourself making a great play to where you're running down the field on a, on a fade route and you turn and look and catch the ball. Like if you can see yourself doing it and you can see that it's possible to do, then uh, you'll have the confidence to do it or try to do it when the uh, moment arises. Honestly, uh, one of the best things that I've learned from a coach um, is a saying that said, uh, you don't know what you don't know. Right? <laughs> so, so you don't know, you know, what you don't know. Um, I guess that means uh, something like you don't know how to do something because you don't even know what to do. You know, you right. don't even know to do something in the first place. Sorry, I'm rambling, but you no, don't know good. what you don't know. So I feel, yeah. like, I feel like seeing the play and actually um, seeing other people do it or uh, seeing yourself do it, I think that gives you the confidence to try it and do it. So you just got to right. believe in yourself and see it as far as the DV is concerned. It's a whole other story actually doing it in real life, but it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. But see, uh, how, many, how many, sorry, how many interceptions do you guys' defense have? 
so yeah, CU's in, I believe, the top five uh, in takeaways this year, uh, with ten through four games. Um, and five yeah. of that comes from one safety named Mikhail Onu, um, who's a grad transfer out of SMU. Um, and, and he's been, he's it's it's a mixture of being in the right place at the right time and also just having fantastic ball skills. Um, so he's been breaking hard on balls. He's been um, opportunistic when a ball hits the ground. He jumps on it quick. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's really been the saving grace because CU's defense um, in terms of like yards per play or yards per drive, they're just letting everyone run down the field. But they seem to make the right play at the right time just enough to win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to be a very exciting game, man. Cause, yeah. There's going to be there's going to be some Arizona points game. scored. There's going to be some points scored. Right. And some and some big plays on defense for sure. <laughs> Can we, Can we ask? So, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. You go ahead. No. Go ahead. No. no, no. Uh, I was I was going to say uh, <laughs> I was going to say Arizona defense is you know predicated on defensive turnovers as well. So, um, it's going to yeah. be a lot of big plays in this game. Whoever makes the most or the last one. Yep, I think it's going to be a game based on big plays. Yeah, I think it's, it's exactly what you said. Where it's it's you need your top talent to, to to win this game. I think you need your stars to make star plays, and that's who's going to win this game. Is whoever star makes the most star plays. You guys have early. Um... Check. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 uh, yeah, and it's early in the season. And it's early in the season, so um, anybody could be a star. You know, I know they have like. Uh, pre preseason, you know, rankings and things like that as far as players. Uh, this this is early in the season, so anybody could become a star on a stage like this. So mm-hmm. don't ignore, you know, some sort of the fundamental players that get in there and do their job well. Those players make make big plays in the games as well. Right. Um, so obviously you have some familiarity with Paul Richardson, who was a, who played at CU, who started at CU um, before drafting, getting drafted to the NFL. Um, but he's a very different receiver than CU's current uh, wideout, LaVisca Chanel. Paul Richardson's a speedster, um, technical on his routes, and um, really one with, with technique and speed, whereas LaVisca is just a, a linebacker who, out, who happens to play wide receiver at times. Um, and he pulls over people. He makes, makes men miss. Um, I guess standing on the other side of that, do you, you said you don't change your approach that much if you trust your defense. Um, when you when you're facing two different players like that, is there something you look for, like uh, you, like if it's someone who's fast, you just shade off a little bit and try to try to run with them, or if it's someone who's physical, you try to jam at the line. Do you, do you change your process at all, right there, or do you just trust trust your technique? Well, um, well, well, trusting in the technique also means changing up your technique. So okay. you should be you should be um comfortable doing as many techniques as the receiver is doing, honestly. So if he has five releases, I should have five press techniques, you know, that yeah. I can switch it up just as much as the other receiver. Because when you, the way to minimize different type of receivers is they have to play uh, within their offense. So if you study their offense, if they're lined up here, they have to run a certain route. You know, some receivers are more savvy than other ones. But if you study their offense, no matter who's standing in that position, they run one of two or three routes right so no matter who it is how more athletic or not they are um the better receivers actually can make all routes look the same and break it off but if you trust your film yeah. study and like film study and things like that those are the type of things that uh, helps um like um even out the playing field for more athletic or super uh, fast receivers you know big strong yeah. guys 
if you if you're confident in your defense and the offense that you've studied over the past weeks, then that will help you. It's still hard to be in that position and make the play with with you know great athletes, yeah. but that that puts you one step ahead of the curve. That's fascinating, actually. So, so really, in in film study, um, you're looking, you're trying to you're trying to negate routes. You're trying to make sure routes don't work rather than rather than changing it up changing it up based on the receiver. You're changing it up based on what you know the offense does. That's really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if you see the offense runs this route from this line, this line uh, or this alignment. Uh, maybe third and down, third down and five, maybe first and ten, and maybe, you know, different type of coincidences, more so patterns in the offensive yeah. play caller. Um, so if you see different things like that, no matter who's lined up there, this formation, this receiver has to run this route. So, right. and I know I know in my defense, let's say I will have outside leverage. So even if he runs an in-breaking route, my responsibility would be outside. Right. So uh, you pay attention to things like that, and that's how you end up making – Hard plays look very easy because you just stick <laughs> to your fund you you stick to your fundamentals and you you really know you know what you're supposed to do as a defense eleven on eleven football right yeah that's good stuff yeah it's pretty it's pretty fun I love watching film I love you know studying offenses and seeing tendencies and things like that mm-hmm. and honestly you know some some teams are are easier to read than others of course some coaches are better than other coaches. So it's a challenge every week to find new things and come out and and compete against great players, you know, right. that you that might you know be very very talented, but you can still compete on as high a level as them by preparing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess it's what you're saying is like you know, ninety percent of the work is done before you even step on the field on Sunday or Saturday. Yeah, it's the neck um, up. And, it's the neck up. They say it's the neck up. Yeah, is uh, the best players. Um, so I guess before we get too far into it, um, I just want to make sure we, we nailed on the projections for the game. You're thinking Arizona's going to win here just because they have, I mean, I, they have Khalil Tate, they have offensive firepower, they have defensive playmakers that are starting to step up and get turnovers. Um, what does CU have to do to win this game? (laughs) Well, um, I'm not sure what CU would have to do. Um, for starters, they would have to take care of the football and win a turnover margin because, That's a that's a big deal in any football game. Um, control the football, stop the run. You know, football is real fundamental, guys. So you stop the run, you take away the football, and you don't give it away. I think those three things will will help any team win as far as fundamentals are concerned. But executing those fundamentals and you know having your players ready to compete at the highest level, um, I think that will determine uh, mm-hmm. who will win this game. Uh, I have confidence in Arizona being prepared because, I, 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 like I said, I'm familiar with the program. Yeah. So um, I think they're being taught the right things. And uh, I had I had a couple friends play for Colorado as well, but I don't know much about um, this coaching staff. Uh, but I know that uh, Colorado is a <laughs> team. <laughs> All right, but but at, their record shows that they're talented, you know, enough to be in first place right now. That's right. Yeah. We'll just have to see uh, who comes out victorious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For for one brief week at least, CU is first place in the Pac-12 South. Um, <laughs> All right. We're first in the Pac-12 total with Oregon and Arizona at one and out. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Only three teams. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Cannibalizing is happening right. already. Yeah. It's it's really any week in the Pac-12, anyone can beat anybody. Oh. It is. All right. 
He's talented. And this game, yeah, this game might not seem as um as big a game as some of the other games, but uh, it's gonna be very important when uh when the season you know boils down to to the trajectory trajectory yeah. of uh of the Pac-12 South, especially. Oh yeah. I mean, we're all right. I mean, Arizona's right there. Arizona State's right there. Colorado's right there. And USC yeah. and Utah, obviously. It's really anyone's division right now. Except yeah. For, yeah. It's, yeah, except for UCLA. For UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had, to, we had to handle UCLA last week. I know you guys seen that. No That's right, back, yeah. Back that that field goal kicker was a hero, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He saved our team. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> but that was a great call by the coach calling that time out, but you know, we're on the next week. UCLA is behind us. We're looking forward to Colorado. <laughs> All right, Jack, what's your what's your final prediction? Prediction. Score prediction. Uh, score prediction. Um, I would have to say, uh, off the top of my head, you know, I'm not a professional. This is my first time guessing a score. Oh, you're I would have to say, uh, 24, 24 to uh, 14, Arizona. Okay. That's low. Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think Arizona held the last two opponents they had to, what was it, 17 and 14? Oh, points? yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be going high numbers this game, guys. Wow. Arizona defense doesn't play that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. if, if, it, if it ends up being that LaVisca <laughs> yeah. Chenault's hurt and, uh, Grant Gannell starting, you know, it's, there's some uncertainty there on both sides. Um, and I think the defense would have the edge um, no matter who's on the field. So I could see that happening. Yeah, I can too now that I think about it. Um, yeah, so for – Yeah, you know, there's, quest- there's questions. There's- go ahead, go ahead. Well, just, just, to, just to throw out the professional uh, numbers, um, Arizona or Colorado's right now, I think, a three-point favorite out in Las Vegas. Um, which basically just means Colorado it, is. Yeah, it, it just just means it's home field advantage. That I think they're putting both these teams pretty mm-hmm. equal. Um, and then the the total number of points they're projecting is about sixty. It's a shade under sixty right now. Um, mm. I'll I go. Think. I don't. I, I don't bet on these games, but <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Say, yeah. But you, say you're under. in the ballpark there. You're in. The, you're you're right there with the the odds makers. You're not too far no, off. Ah, sixty. Sixty points. That's too many points. <laughs> I don't think I don't it's know. gonna be. It's I don't tough, think it's gonna be sixty points. You're a defender, on, so this is this is bad, guys. That's gosh, true. You think this is gonna be? You think this is gonna be a sixty point game on both sides? 30, 35? You think it's gonna I, be something like that? I think. I, if, I think, I think so. if Tate shows up, I think if Tate shows up, Arizona's offense is it's, it's they're gonna pretty much score at will as long as they don't uh, put the ball on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. It all depends on I think if if Steven Montez, CU's quarterback, has a good game. Um, they can maybe keep up with him, but boy, that's how does he do that? that? How do, how does he have a good game against Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't that's, see it. Yeah, I, that's a fair point. He's been uh, inconsistent this year, um, regardless of who the competition is. So if he struggles against Air Force, who knows what he's going to do against Arizona? <laughs> we'll see, guys. We'll see. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the game, though. Yeah, me too. At two thirty. 2.30 kickoff, which is perfect, you know, in the fall and October. Should be really nice weather. Um, and I love – I mean, it's just fun to play in Folsom. I played there. Yeah, I, I've, guarded, I've guarded Paul Richardson there. You know, Paul Richardson is a very talented receiver. Let me just uh, put that on uh, – well, put that and out there on the, the dashboard. 
Who had the upper <laughs> hand? Who had the upper hand in that matchup? Oh, well, um, I actually only guarded him a couple times that game, and we both did well against each other, but he did, uh, you know, go for some yards and go for some touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, but, yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, I think Arizona still came out with the win, so. Yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, <laughs> him being my cousin and everything, we, uh, we're pretty competitive and we keep it real personal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, uh, Shaq, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Um, and I, I, We've learned a lot. Thank you guys for having me. You know, I'm, uh, I'm excited to, you know, jump into this business with you guys and believe. So uh, having me on is a pleasure to me. That's right. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, for coming to speak with us. Of course. Once again, that was uh, Shaq Richardson, former Arizona defensive back and NFL defensive back, uh, joining us on the podcast. We thank you so much to him for uh, coming on, talk to us, and giving us some knowledge, making us learn. He has a great podcast over with Believe, spelled B-L-E-A-V, um, about Arizona football. That's the Believe in Arizona football podcast with Eddie Law and obviously Shaq Richardson. Um, and yeah, that was that was more insightful than we normally get on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Shaq was a great guest. Uh, we need to we need to have more people on like that who can offer us insight because obviously we speak our own weird language of college football nerdery but we obviously lack the insight of literally being in the nfl and knowing the game as well as yeah. does exactly um it, that is that is a direct knowledge source that neither of us can provide um <laughs> the ultimate goal of course is to have eli stalzer as a guest host we need to get eli stalzer on this podcast sam and evan batty was literally the we started the podcast because we wanted evan batty on it well make it happen Okay, fine. I'll try my hardest. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, just to wrap up about the Arizona game, Shaq's were predicting a low-scoring matchup, 24-14. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. I think someone's going to hit the 30s. Yeah. yeah. Someone's going to hit the 30s. Um, <sighs> I think that you were spot on just saying, like, it, it really does depend on Montez. If he's going to be sharp, CU is going to hit 30. If they, if he's off again like he was against Air Force, I don't think CU will do super well. Yeah, I mean, he we need, especially if LaVisca is uh, sidelined for this game, CU needs star power from somewhere. Um, and when Montez is a star, it's, it's hard to stop CU. Arizona State had a really good defense for three weeks of the year and then had a really bad defense because Montez, which is – was clean and could not miss a pass um and the i don't know if he'll need to be that accurate uh against arizona i think it's a little bit easier to run on arizona so we won't need to rely on him as much um but man if he's on it makes the game a whole lot easier to predict a win for yeah i think it, yeah khalil tate too like we i i'm having trouble assuming that he's going to be the khalil tate of old I think that if he's dealing with an injury and he also hasn't been as sharp as he used to be, I think that's that – I don't know if he's not as sharp. I just feel like the weapons around – uh, J.J. Oh. Taylor is obviously great, but he's also hurt. And um, I, I wide receiver, they've had to deal with massive turnover for a little bit. And 
Um, they're dropping balls. Uh, the Arizona UCLA game last week was brutal because Khalil Tate was trying, willing them to try to put the game away, and and these receivers were just putting the ball on the ground, um, which would help again against against uh, CU. So I don't know. I'm thinking that Alex Fondo and Jaron Mangum have a really good game this game. Is that just like a feeling? Yeah, Arizona's not as big up front as Arizona State. Arizona State causes a lot more havoc. Um, Marcel Yates, uh, like we talked about, is a turnover-based coach, similar to Tyson Summers. They are making, they're trying to make the defense create turnovers, um, which means that if you don't turn the ball over, which knock on wood, which I just did, Jaron Mangum and Alex Fondo, I believe neither of them have fumbled, right? I don't think so. Um, if we can just gain four consistent yards with those two every play, you know, it's a win right there going away. Yeah, that would be to just strangle the clock too and keep the Wildcats off the field. So I'm going to put – you know what? I, I kind of like his, his his numbers. I think they're a little bit too low. I'm going to go with uh, 30 to 21 Colorado actually. Yeah, I was thinking like 31-20-ish. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. We've had the same score agreement also every game so far, which has been strange. And the thing is, I always make sure I put mine in first so you look like the follower. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said a two-score or a 10-point winner over Arizona State, and I foolishly agreed. Hey, we were close. Yeah, we were close. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, we're good. Uh, I think we're good. Saturday, 2.30 p.m., CU plays Arizona in the continuing quest for Mel Tucker's bowl eligibility. And you are going to record a podcast with John, the editor, and his brother. We're going to make it live, so I'm I'm forced to say yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, John, if you're listening to this, I will absolutely do that. And then I can also do that because my plans after the game fell through, so. Okay, yeah. Way to, way to do a nice little humble brag that you had plans after the game. I, I don't now. Okay, well, you had to have him in the first place to lose him, Sam. I see what you're doing. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm also this... working the scrimmage, covering that, so I'm going to be working. Oh, yes, we get to see basketball again in Boulder, in the keg. Basketball scrimmage at 11 a.m. Everyone should go to that. Everyone I'm more excited for the scrimmage than I am the football game. but that's How only- exciting. I love this basketball team so much. Anyway, yes, this might turn into a basketball-only podcast soon. So. Very soon. At the buzzer, we'll get its namesake back. All right. Thanks, everybody, <laughs> for listening, and thank you once again to Shaq Richardson of the Believe in Arizona Football Podcast for joining us. See ya!